heard of Hope Ministries over in Des Moines? How many of you have heard of Hope Ministries in Des Moines? Great, a lot of you have. Back in the early days of New Hope Church, we used to do some ministry with Hope Ministries. For those of you who don't know, they particularly minister to the hurting and those who are homeless, people dealing with hunger, abuse, addiction. They provide food and clothing and shelter during the cold winter months of Iowa. They are there, involved in people's lives. They do it in the name of Jesus. And they have Christ-centered programs, and these services are freely offered to anyone who comes seeking help and for dealing with the huge challenges that people have in their lives. Now, I bring this up because the kind of ministry that Hope Ministries does is the kind of ministry that we're going to be talking about this morning in Acts chapter 8. We'd go there, and when we go there, we would do a little worship service. We would have about 40 men in the room, and we'd be ministering to them, sharing the word of God. And then we give an invitation at the end of the service. And you know what? The situation that, in this case, it was guys that we were ministering to, situation those guys were in, when we'd give an invitation to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior or come and pray with somebody, we always had somebody come. Because even though there was hard situations, There were soft and seeking hearts. And we know that this is true. Where there are hard situations, people are searching for Jesus. Maybe you this morning as you are here with us. And these kinds of hard places are a part of the priority that God gives us in his word. God says it's important to go to the hard places and minister to people, care for people, love people, share the word of God with people. And so in Acts chapter 8, verses 5 through 25, we're told, take the gospel to hard places. You remember as we follow in the book of Acts, that in Acts chapter 8, that Stephen is martyred. He dies proclaiming his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and issuing an opportunity for others to share in salvation. People stoned him to death. And what that did was it led to a scattering of the church. And God often uses these kinds of things to sow seeds of the gospel. For example, over the last year or so, we've seen the devastation that has taken place in the Ukraine. And it's pretty heart-wrenching if you listen and you watch some of the scenes of what has happened there. But some of what happens is because there has been a movement of Jesus in some places in Ukraine, there have been Christians who have been scattered to other places where people need to know Jesus as Savior. And as hard as as it is, sometimes God uses these hard kinds of things. And so that's what he did here in Acts chapter 8. It says, beginning with verse 5, Acts 8, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. 
For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many. Many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. First of all, just talking about Philip a little bit and who Philip is. Philip was someone who was serving Jesus in Jerusalem. And if we're going to be used by God in hard places or any place, we're first serving Jesus right here, right in your house, right in your neighborhood, right in your town where you live. The person who takes the gospel to hard places is first serving Jesus right here, right now. It's not like things change just because we go over someplace else. God wants to use us as we're serving right where we are in the present. And then he also, if we're led by faith to go to other places, then he also uses us in other places. Philip in Acts chapter 6 is noted right after Stephen as one of what we would call the deacons, the servants, people who were serving the widows. And they were said to be spirit-filled men. They were said to be people that were full of wisdom. And he is one of those. Now, the Lord needed somebody to go to Samaria. I imagine, we don't know for sure, but I imagine if we had asked Philip, do you think you're called to go to Samaria? Like a few weeks before this, he might have said, Samaria? Who wants to go to Samaria? Those people over there? No. But God, in his spirit, scattered the church and sent Philip to Samaria. And God used him over there because he was serving Jesus right here. God will use you somewhere if you're serving Jesus right here, right now. Philip hadn't been to Bible college, hadn't been to seminary, hadn't even read any Christian books. Maybe a little bit of some Jewish commentary on what we would call the Old Testament. He certainly knew the Old Testament. He certainly had come to faith in Jesus. So he shared what he knew, which is Jesus. Any believer can do what Philip did. That is, wherever you are right now, share Jesus. Wherever you go, share Jesus. Whatever you do tomorrow, share Jesus. In that situation, that context, at work, at home, Wherever you go. Going to hard places is a significant, is an essential part of accomplishing Jesus' ministry. If we go back to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, You will see power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So we receive the power. We're not on our own. We're receiving the Spirit's power. You'll see power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then what does it say? You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So going to hard places is essential to accomplish Jesus' mission. Disciples were in Jerusalem and it'd be like wherever you live, whether it's here in Adel, Van Meter, Waukee, wherever you live, it's like Jesus saying, okay, you start right where you're at. And then it says Judea and Samaria and God says, okay, now go from where you're at and go out from there to Judea and Samaria, to harder places. Maybe Dallas County, maybe Polk County. And then 
to the ends of the earth. We can maybe picture this kind of like concentric circles, like you throw a rock in the pond and you have concentric circles that come out, ripples that come out when you throw that rock in. And what the Lord is saying is throw the rock of the gospel in and then let those ripples go out to the ends of the earth. Start with your circle of friends, start with your family, start with your neighborhood, and then let the ripples of the gospel go out. Another way to think about it is in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we have a geographical description of how the gospel goes out. So that in chapters 1 through 7, the gospel is going out to Jerusalem. In chapters 8 and 9, it's going out to Judea and Samaria. And then chapters 10 to the end of the book of Acts, it's going out to the ends of the earth. So God calls us to go in each of those circles. Now, we may not ourselves bodily go to the ends of the earth, but God calls us to support efforts as a church, as an individual, support efforts to go to the ends of the earth. Jesus showed us about how to go to hard places. In John chapter 4, verse 3, it says Jesus was journeying between Judea and Galilee. It says he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Verse 4 says, now he had to go through Samaria. The old King James Version said he must go through Samaria. Why did he have to go through Samaria? Why must he go through Samaria? Well, we know in the rest of John chapter 4 that he had an appointment with a woman we call the Samaritan woman. And he shared how he was the Messiah with her. And there's lots of lessons there in John that we don't have time to get into. The point today is that the people of Jerusalem... The Jewish people would avoid going through Samaria. In fact, so much so, and you've heard us preach about this a little bit before, so much so that they would go all the way around Samaria. Be a little bit like if you wanted to avoid going around Des Moines. You might go all the way up through Ames on Highway 30 and then come back down to Highway 80. Because, say, those people over there, eh, I don't know about them. And that's basically what was going on here, only there was lots of added layers of hatred and lots of added layers of years and years and decades of history behind the contention that took place was basically a combination of racial prejudice along with religious kinds of issues going on. And so they just wouldn't go to Samaria. But Jesus cut right through their narrow-minded prejudice and he goes through Samaria. So point is that Philip was following in the footsteps of Jesus when he went to this hard place and he went to Samaria. And when we go to hard places, we're following in the footsteps of Jesus. We're following the footsteps of Philip. We're doing what God has called us to do. Here's the problem. Going to hard places means we have to deal with our fears. We have to deal with our emotions. 
We have to get past saying, I just don't go to those places. Those are real fears. There are things that go on within us that we have to process. But going to hard places, going to places where people are are culturally different from us, it's sometimes difficult because we have to get past our hidden fears and our emotions. And we've all got it. We all got it. Anytime I get off the plane and I land in another country, for a little while it's like, whoa, what did I get into here? And the worst was the night that I landed in Liberia at midnight and I didn't have anybody meeting me, and I got in a taxi, and we were out in a dark place like within 10 minutes. I'm thinking, oh boy, God. Um, My point is, we got hard situations, and sometimes it doesn't go too far. Sometimes the hard situation is at work, at school, then our families, And so I'm not saying you got to go all the way to Liberia to experience this. We got hard things emotionally to work through. But God wants us to reach all people. We're focusing on Samaria today. And so particularly those we may not naturally like, people that talk different than us, people that live different, look different. God wants people of every race, every culture, every background to come to know Jesus as Savior. People who don't talk the same as you and me, don't live the same as you and me, need Jesus. People who don't have the same morals as you and me, people who don't have the same values as we do, need Jesus. Atheists need Jesus. Agnostics need Jesus. Muslims need Jesus. Buddhists need Jesus. Hindus need Jesus. And there's a lot of people in this world. And they all need Jesus. Someday there'll be people from every people group around the throne of God worshiping him. And we have the privilege and the opportunity to be a part of what God is doing. So are there places you try to avoid? Yeah, sometimes there are. I can remember going into Chicago to do some inner city ministry one time, and I started seeing gang symbols on every block. And again, I'm saying, what? I've got, and I had some teenagers with me, and I'm saying, again, what are we doing here? And there are places that we say, well, it's, it's wise not to go to those places. Yeah, it's probably wise to be careful. But there's also times when God calls us to go to hard places. So if the Lord puts that on your heart, we need to go. And as a church, we need to go to hard places. And if as a church, we need to go to hard places, then it means we need some people to go to hard places because we are the church. Right? So, as far as New Hope Church, 
lots of places we could go. I'm just going to mention a few where we are going so you know a little bit about what we're doing. And if you'd like to be a part of it, we'd love to have you be a part of it if God's leading in that direction. As far as cross-cultural ministries, we go to the jail. And over in the jail, we meet people of all different kinds of backgrounds. We have ministry of the men, ministry of the women there. And I tell you what, there is something in my experience about being locked up inside of a building and you can't get out unless somebody unlocks the door or two or three. There's something about being there that opens hearts. And we have great discussions because people just, you're there and as far as the men's ministry go, and I think the women's ministry too, it's often young people, 18 to 40s, and just things have gotten messed up. A lot of times it's addiction kinds of issues going on. And we talk, and we share Jesus and talk about Jesus. And we love and we share truth. Single parent provision. It's not necessarily cross-cultural ministry, but it's stepping into a difficult situation where we come alongside women and men. Usually more women than men as far as single parents, but we step alongside single parents and help and support them and minister to them. And like I say, it's not necessarily totally cross-cultural, but some of it is, and many of you have been involved in that ministry. So that's another thing that we do as New Hope Church, seeking to fulfill this call to do hard ministry. Some of you are traveling to Kentucky. Not exactly a different cross-culture, but there's a little bit of it. And going to a place where we haven't been before, ministering to people, going across the borders to minister to people. Like I say, overseas ministry, we'll get more into that next week as far as going to the ends of the earth and we'll get more into it in November when we talk about our partnerships that we have in terms of go missions and highlight that. Point is, God calls us to go to hard places and to share Jesus, preach Jesus. Acts 8, 5 says that he, that is Philip, proclaimed the Messiah there. That's Jesus. You know that we think apologetics, the defense of the faith is very important, and it is, particularly in our culture among people that have forgotten Jesus and don't know Jesus. But oftentimes apologetics is just as important, maybe more important for us to bolster our faith as it is for people we're sharing with. First and foremost, God calls to share Jesus, his death on the cross for my sins, your sins, their sins, his resurrection life. And usually where the spirit of God is at work, when we share Jesus and we invite people to seek Jesus, to investigate Jesus, God uses that to lead them to Jesus. Wherever you go, proclaim Jesus. Verses 9 through 11. 
Now for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great and all the people both high and low gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. We won't get into this very much, but we'll talk just a little bit about it. Apparently, Simon had held these people under his sway for quite a while, and we don't know whether he was doing some kind of supernatural kinds of actions or whether he was just an ancient magician that was pulling the wool over these people's eyes, but he was apparently very selfish, and he was mainly pointing people to himself rather than toward God. The point of this is that when we begin to do hard things in hard places, there'll be spiritual opposition. And a lot of times that spiritual opposition is experienced as power struggles. People like power. They like powerful cars, pickups, chainsaws, rifles, power tools, fireworks, muscles, sports teams, powerful personalities and charisma, and the political figures with the most power and the most charisma, people follow power. But power without truth will seduce people. The Samaritans that Philip came and ministered to had been under the influence of Simon, and he was using them for his own selfish ends rather than for God's ends. Power without truth will corrupt you. Power without truth can kill you. If you don't know the difference between 110 volts and 220 volts, if you don't know a live wire from a dead wire, when we're talking about electricity, could kill you. Ephesians 6.12 says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so there is a battle that's going on and God calls us to step into the battle. Is it risky? Yes, yeah, risky. But it's God's battle and God's work. And like Philip stepped into a hard place, God calls us to step in those hard places because power with truth can do great things. Jesus knows what you need. You don't have to do it on your own. It's his power that accomplishes his mission. Verses 12 and 13 said, when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. People came to know Christ. Both men and women, Simon himself believed and was baptized. He followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and wonders that he saw. And so God transformed people's lives just as he transforms lives today. And many of you can attest to that. I've seen that in many places, heard hundreds and hundreds of testimonies of people whose lives have been transformed by Jesus. That's what we celebrate when we have baptisms here. It's what we celebrate when we see people coming to Christ. The gospel reaches many different kinds of people. Sometimes it's people at the university. Sometimes it's people in our neighborhood. Sometimes it's people in primitive cultures in Africa and Asia. God transforms lives. 
Verses 14 through 24 is an interesting section of scripture. We don't have time to get into it. Essentially, Simon tries to buy the power of the Holy Spirit. Whether he's a true believer or not, we don't know. So God put it on my heart uh, yesterday to share a podcast this week. I'll get into this a little bit more and talk a little bit about how the Holy Spirit works in the book of Acts, why it is that sometimes the coming of the Holy Spirit comes a little bit later in the book of Acts. Anyway, you can watch for that on whatever platform you use, Spotify or whatever, and we'll get into that a little bit more because we don't have time this morning. Let's jump down to verse 25. Now they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord. They returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. So final point, get going. Don't you think right now, where is your hard place that God is calling you to go? Or calling you to support in going? Where's your hard place? What is the hard place that God's calling us to go as a church? Hard places that we need to go. God says, get going. Somewhere. Sometime. Go. This week. Next month. This next year. God says, go to the hard places here, there, and everywhere. Let's pray to that end. Lord God, thank you for my brothers and sisters who are here. Thank you for the hearts who are here. And for um, anyone here today who may not know Jesus as Savior, I pray that this might ignite a search to know you and respond to you to be transformed by you. For those, uh, those of us who do know you, give us courage and boldness, not in ourselves, but by the power of the Holy Spirit to take the good news of Jesus wherever we are to whatever hard places that are in our lives and wherever you want us to go beyond here, Lord, propel us, send us forth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. nothing that our God can't do, even in these hard places. There's nothing that he cannot accomplish, no barrier that he